Listening to the Palmetto Report, I'm Joseph Casco, alongside our producer, Rebecca Davis, and we're speaking with Tina McSwain, founder and executive director of the Charlotte Area Paranormal Society, a group that researches and investigates paranormal activity. Tina, Halloween's fast approaching. Do you see an increase in paranormal activity around Halloween, or is that just kind of a, a myth? I think you see an increase in the interest of paranormal activity around Halloween. Um, just like right now, um, I'm, I'm on your radio show. Nobody wants to talk to me in November about ghosts. Everybody wants to talk to me in October about ghosts. So I just think it's a general interest. Um, the Halloween parties, the, you know, the uh, scary monsters, the, um, the horror films that come out. I think it's just a it, everybody is is heightened, you know, around this time of year about ghost and paranormal activity. Usually when you talk to people who are interested in this kind of stuff, there's usually a moment for them that really piques their curiosity. Something happens to them that they couldn't explain. What, what was that for you? How did you first get interested? I actually um, saw a full-blown apparition. Um, I had gone to uh, a friend's house. We were going to dinner. She wasn't ready, so I had to sit out in the living room while she finished a shower. And I, we were the only two in the house. However, out of the back of her home, this little lady walked forward toward me, came up to the living room where I was, looked at me, smiled. I could see her teeth. She waved her hand in a semicircular motion, turned around, started to head back the way she came from, and then disappeared. At that point, the hair on the back of my neck stood up. My knees got weak, I felt sick on my stomach, and I started running around the house to see where this little lady had gotten to. Couldn't find her. So my next recourse was to run to the bathroom where my friend was taking a shower, knocked on the bathroom door. She didn't, you know, she didn't answer, so I flung it open, started yelling. I said, hey, there's a lady, and, she, and I can't find her. She goes, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. She said, um, did you see a little old lady? in a pink dress. I was like, yeah, that's exactly what I saw. She goes, oh, don't worry about it. She goes, that's my grandma. And she died five years ago. And from time to time, she just kind of bebops through the house. And I was like, you know, could have told somebody you lived in a haunted house. So ever since then, I was hooked. So before then, did you, did you believe in ghosts or was it just that's everything that started it from then? I actually had a, a very um, keen interest in ghosts when I was in elementary school. Uh, there was a lady by the name of Nancy Roberts who wrote ghost books, and her husband, Bruce Roberts, was actually the photographer. So when I was in elementary school, she did a series of North and South Carolina ghost books, and I'd read them all cover to cover uh, as soon as one would come out and kept checking them out for the entire six years I was in elementary school, reading, rereading, reading again. Loved Nancy Roberts' ghost books. In between segments, you talked about working with someone that you described as a sensitive. Do you think you need to be more in touch with certain senses to be able to pick up on some of these things? And the reason I maybe frame it that way is one of the most famous ghost stories ever, the, the Amityville story. Notorious people looked into it, but it's my understanding that there have been families that have come and lived in that house and never experienced anything. Was this family that was there you know during the 70s when this happened was were they more in touch with something were they more sensitive to something that maybe other folks might be it you can be um it, our research has shown that children and animals 
are, are going to be more sensitive to ghosts and spirits and maybe be able to detect them better than we as adults can, unless you've taught yourself to do that or unless you have an inherited ability to be able to, to discern spirits. Um, you, you hear, you know, uh, people tell us that their child has an imaginary friend. Well, is it an imaginary friend or is it a, a ghost that they're talking to that we can't see? Animals, too. I mean, you know, you have animals that will look in a corner and bark or growl or act like they're playing with somebody that is not there. So those are two pretty good indications, you know, that um, if you're an adult, you see something like that going on, might want to pay close attention. Throughout the month of October, there was a uh, real estate group, Bungalow Homes. You probably heard this, know the story I'm about to reference. They were offering services for before a person purchased a home to have an investigation team come out and make sure that the house wasn't haunted. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think about that? You know, it's 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 not a bad idea. I mean, I know the uh, I know the um, who you're talking about, um, and um, you know they were doing it for you know, like a special in in October, but. We have actually done a couple homes to be sure that, uh, you know, there's nothing there. Before if, the homeowner was going to move in? Mm-hmm. Or we've actually helped with some homes where there was something and we got it to get out before the home was on the market. And, and I guess this was a story in the Charlotte Observer. Mm-hmm. And so they were referencing North Carolina law. And there's nothing in the law that says that the seller has to report if there's any kind of paranormal activity. That's correct. Do you think that there should be a law? Not necessarily, because I don't think it's going to be every house. I don't even think it's going to be 1% of every house that's you know on the market. Just every now and then, you're going to get that one house that maybe, you know, you've got someone there that's very fond of the house, passed, and, you know, still wants to remain in the house. And, um, you know, that could be a reason why there's there's someone in there. But I don't think, I don't think all houses are are haunted. Yeah, I think it's a very small, small percentage that, that we would even you know, have to go investigate. You're listening to the Palmetto Report, and we're speaking with Tina McSwain, founder and executive director of the Charlotte Area Paranormal Society. Tina, do you have a favorite ghost story? I mean, one that you you think of that that's a quintessential ghost story. If I, if you were, we were going to sit around the campfire here a little bit later, would there be one you would tell us? God, I got so many. Um, because I think that's the fun thing about it is the backstory, mm-hmm. right? I, I I'm from the Midwest originally, and one of the famous ghost stories from the Midwest is the Resurrection Mary story mm-hmm. out of mm-hmm. Chicago. That was even on a episode of Unsolved Mysteries in like the late '80s. So I think the backstory that goes along with it is something that that really interests people. Well, there is one. Um, I'll, I'll pick one down your way, a little bit down your way. Um, if you guys know where Newberry, South Carolina is, okay, there is a, um, it was in Nancy Roberts' book, so um, there is a story about the Hound of Goshen. Now, this is a, you know, a hound that um, supposedly runs up and down a certain road. It's near Old Buncombe Road down in Newberry, South Carolina. This road um, goes through uh, the swamplands down there. The uh, It's not a swamp, what is it? It's the... Uh, forest the um national forest that's down there it's a long lonely road there was a plantation along that area um got taken out by a tornado in about 1920 
but it's near Old Buncombe Road. Then you come up on the old Ebenezer Church, and there's a graveyard. So this dog is supposed to run out of the graveyard of Old Ebenezer Church and then run alongside the road and chase you. The dog had been there because years ago, probably 200 years ago now, um, the dog and his master were walking along this road, and um, robbers jumped out, robbed the master, killed him, injured the dog, and then the dog tried to, um, you know, fight them off and, and save the master, and the dog is supposed to still be there running up and down the road to keep, you know, um, folks that might be out to and up to no good, you know, at bay. Now, he's supposed to be a big white dog. I've heard that he that he runs. I've heard that he kind of jumps and flies. And I've also heard, now these are supposedly from eyewitnesses, that he has one big red eye, and that's all you see when he's running down the road after you. I don't know, but I think there's something a little scarier about a ghost dog than a ghost person. <laughs> I would agree. We, we asked you earlier about, you know, why do you think there's so much interest in paranormal stuff? Um, look at film. I mean, really, it feels like the last 10, 15, 20 years. I just saw a documentary about horror films and how the number of titles had really increased after about 2000. What do you think it is that people people like to be scared? They do. They do. It's, you know, it's almost like a an adrenaline rush. It's endorphins. I almost think it's, you know, it's it's for that, that rush that, that people go to the... Um, uh, haunted houses you know the 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 ones that are made up you know those those where you go through and things jump out at you and people grab you and you know the endorphins go your your adrenaline's going you scream you know some sometimes you cry you run you have a good time so i I think all of it rolls in together just a couple other haunted places or places that are purported to be haunted in the in the Charlotte area. How about the Duke Mansion? What can you tell us about um, the Duke, Duke Mansion? Duke Mansion is supposed to be uh, haunted, especially um, in the basement. Uh, there's reports of staff seeing uh, people moving around and things move uh, in the basement of, of the Duke Mansion. And how about uh, Queens College up in Charlotte? Queens College, um, there's a dorm there that is supposed to be haunted by uh, one of the vice presidents. Um, she was an administrator, um, like the, um, I guess, the dean of, of the women's dorm. And she is supposed to still be walking around um, haunting things over at uh, Queens University. One last thing. Of all the evidence you've collected what do you think is like the, the best piece of evidence you've ever seen? A photo, uh, an EVP? We have um, almost a series of photos from Rosedale Plantation in Charlotte that are FLIR thermal images. Um, this is a you know thermal image you know uh, photo that we have. We also have EVP from electromagnetic voice phenomenon from this same location. We have um, just regular digital photography that captured what we believe is is the same spirit that we have on our FLIR. And then um, we've also had many, many eyewitnesses um, describing something like what we've shown, as well as other instruments that have tweaked, you know, in, in the area of, of um, where these have been taken. 
So, you know, we're pretty, pretty sure we've got a pretty good complete package. Tina, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, and happy Halloween. That was Tina McSwain, founder and executive director of the Charlotte Area Paranormal Society, a group that researches and investigates paranormal activity. You're listening to the Palmetto Report.